Welcome to the sixth episode of BAI Communications Smart Communities podcast, where we speak with business leaders and industry experts to ask them what the future holds for connectivity. In the first part of this two-part episode, we are excited to be joined by Dr. Amy Hokardal, Director for Global Business Growth at Connected Places Catapult. Interviewing her is Jamie Hayes, Managing Director, Streetscape Fibre and Private Networks at BAI Communications UK. In part one, Amy and Jamie discuss the role of connectivity in creating smart communities, as well as the role of digital innovators in developing the cities of the future. Welcome to BAI Smart Communities Global Podcast. Uh, I'm Jamie Hayes. I'm Managing Director for Streetscape, Fibre and Private Networks here in the UK. And I'm joined today by Dr. Amy Hochadl, who is the Director for Global Business at the Connected Places Catapult. I was learning three things about you, Amy, um, as well as being a Director for Global Business. You've been there for seven years. You've had a great stint, I understand, working internationally there. Um, you also have a doctorate from King's College, where I was at yesterday, taking a good look around Lambeth and Waterloo, surveying the field um, in global political economy, uh, which is fantastic. But digging further than that, further back, you have a master's in psychology, in fact, from Cleveland, no less Cleveland, uh, where the Vikings, I understand, are the, uh, the, the team uh, for track and field and basketball. So. My first question is whether you're a Vikings fan and what you can tell me about uh, the Connected Places catapult. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Jamie. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, when you're from Cleveland, Ohio, you always root for the home team, no matter which team it is. Cleveland Browns, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Guardians for baseball and Vikings for Cleveland State. Whatever's the home team, uh, that's who we're for. So <laughs> thanks. And, uh, and it's great that... Um, uh, yeah, you were around my alma mater at Kings. Um, that's brilliant, uh, and it's wonderful to be here in London, uh, one of one of the most fantastic cities in the world. Uh, and that's where Connected Places Catapult is located, right in the heart of London. Uh, officially, the line is that we are the UK centre of excellence for innovation in mobility in the built environment. But what that really means on a practical level is that we work with cities all around the world to try to tackle urban challenges and understand ways that innovation, uh, including digitization, can help increase uh, well-being, uh, efficiency of cities, uh, city services, future proofing cities, all of those things. So we work with cities around the world to understand how can we tackle these challenges in the future. And we do that by running projects on the ground all around the world and testing innovations out. Uh, and so that's the practical sense of what we do, working across government, academia, um, businesses, and with citizens. Thank you for that. Fantastic. Yes, uh, it was a joy to be out in a, in a sunny uh, uh, February yesterday. And I can see firsthand that kind of work here in London. Um, in fact, when you recently presented, I, I very much enjoyed watching uh, the playback of your, your, your speech at our uh, hyper-connected London launch event we did. Um, in the Leadenhall, the end of last year, I think you said that smart cities are more than infrastructure. Uh, we obviously are about infrastructure. We make that happen. Um, but you said you went on to say smart cities need everyone to collaborate to make them work. And I'm wondering if through the lens of innovation and digitization, you can kind of expand on that point, explain what you mean. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And uh, the Leadenhall uh, venue also equally a beautiful spot here in London, so I encourage everyone to, to go there. 
when we talk about uh, things like future proofing of cities and wanting cities to be more resilient, uh, there's no one single solution. Uh, we can't say that, well, we've, we've created the infrastructure and we've put in Wi-Fi, so now we've solved the city's problems. This is a tool. Uh, this is part of the solution. It's part of the technological solution and the innovation solution, and, and it's built into the infrastructure. But we can't forget that all of this is about people and the challenges that people are facing. So this isn't just about buildings, and it's not just about the digital uh, foundation of that. It's about what the impact of that is on people. And here at the Catapult, we have a bit of a patron saint, a um, rather eccentric architect named Cedric Price. And he has this great quote that is just so apt. He said, technology is the answer, but what was the question? And I think that's what we really have to constantly keep in mind because we are brilliant uh, innovators and we can come up with a technical solution and a digital solution for anything. Uh, but what we have to understand is why we are doing these things. What challenge are we trying to solve? How are we trying to improve people's lives? So infrastructure is central, uh, but it's more about how does that facilitate uh, improving everyone's well-being? Very clear, and I love that saying technology is the answer, what's the question? So in that spirit, I guess, I mean, uh, like like uh, like everybody who'll be on this podcast, consuming it, you know, connectivities become um, throughout industry and society. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I have two phones. I'm always in a fixed line office using Wi-Fi, using 5G uh, all the time. You know, I think... My question as, as a user of that connectivity might be different than the answer uh, others would have as well. So I'm, I'm really wondering from your global experience, you know, because you're working across multiple projects on the ground in multiple cities, what's the question? How do people really need connectivity? We have a big thing in the UK about gigabit society, um, but over the long term, and of course our work in London is over the next couple of decades, What's the question in the context of connectivity we're trying to answer and solve in these, in these cities? Yeah. Well, I don't think there's one blanket answer. Um, I've, I've been privileged enough to travel quite, quite extensively around the world, and every single city is different. And every single city will have different needs uh, and different challenges and different opportunities. So I, I definitely want to avoid saying that connectivity uh, or digitization is the answer. And a lot of times these phrases, connectivity, innovation, digitization, even the phrase smart city, they come to have buzzwords. The same as 5G, it's now buzzwords. We really have to break this down to what's the practical application of this. So when I think about the digitally connected city, uh, I'm thinking about it kind of in two respects. Um, one is in what you're talking about in the form of you know, high speed, you know, fast, reliable Wi-Fi and internet. Um, and, and that's important because it's the underlying foundation, that connectivity, that digital connectivity, especially during these times, uh, we need to know that we can connect uh, virtually with my doctor for an appointment uh, or to brainstorm with colleagues online um, or to track traffic and emergency services across the city. So, I think about digital connectivity in the in the kind of hard sense of digitization, but I also think about connectivity in kind of the people sense. There's a physical side to this. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be back in my office 
this morning, which is absolute pleasure to see people in person. Uh, and to get here this morning, um, my connectivity route was that from my house, I walked and used my phone to pick up an e-scooter around the corner. Booked my e-scooter, and I rode that to my local train station. Uh, I got on my local train, uh, and I took that to the neighborhood here where our office is located in Farringdon, in London. And then I walked the last few blocks uh, to the office. That trip was seamless. I didn't think about the, the digital connectivity that uh, underlied it. I just picked up my phone, booked my scooter, checked that my train was on time, got off at my right stop and walked to work. So there's a, there's a physical component to this that's just about seamlessness and efficiency of people's lives. Uh, and I think that's what people recognize. They don't necessarily think about that digital underpinning of it. Now, you and I know that that's critical um, and that uh, things like 5G or as we talk about gigabytes and there's going to be 6G and 7G, um, that these are the things that enable that to happen, to create that seamless experience, uh, but it's not uh, what uh, most people are thinking about in their everyday lives uh, when they're taking uh, a, a trip uh, or trying to get somewhere. You've mentioned a couple already. You've mentioned e-scooters example. You've mentioned um, you know, transit. But I'm, I'm curious as to what other technologies and smart applications you feel are kind of the most impactful, you know, Obviously, as a father, obviously, you know, as part of society, I'm very keen to understand that. But in, in our business, I think it's important for infrastructure providers to keep an eye on the applications, too. So I'm wondering whether you can outline some other smart applications that will really play into how we live, move and work moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I would probably go back to some of these will be invisible. So I'm, I'm not going to recommend top 10 apps. Um, I think <laughs> what we'll see is that things are easier to use. So you mentioned about 5G and that we're kind of a, a gigabyte society and that we'll continuously see this increasing. This is no longer about am I getting a fast service on my phone? Can I watch a movie on the tube? This is going beyond that. This is beyond our, our mobile phone service. So the applications that are going to become most important in this digital connectivity are how we're connecting all of our different departments and sectors and services across the city, creating one integrated picture of a city. So you can connect traffic to utilities, to emergency services, to train services, uh, to the development sector, uh, what's going up in buildings. Now, all of those should be ultimately connected. And when we talk about Gs and 5G, 6G, that's what those increases are now going to enable. Uh, for my phone, it won't matter much. But for a city in general, we'll be able to have a digital thing. Now, what would this mean for you, you know, as a dad? Um, well, there's, you know, there's an understanding around how to get around the city. Uh, there's an understanding of better use of city services. Uh, there's a, a better um, opportunity to engage with different departments across the city. Uh, so it will make life easier, and it should connect us better, but that's because this higher bandwidth is enabling us to create uh, a, a buzzwords again, but we hear a lot about Internet of Things, IoT, um, and augmented reality now, virtual reality. Um, this is what that higher bandwidth is going to enable. Things like exact replicas of our city in real time 
so that we know what's happening. As a dad, you want to know, you know, uh, uh, what's the traffic like? Are uh, we going to get to school on time? Uh, as a developer, you want to know uh, if there's a problem with the utilities or the planning application. Uh, so the, app, the the use of this is going to be very widespread, um, and there's no one kind of, of app that's going to solve that. It's about us working hard to integrate all of our data. That's going to take a lot of collaboration uh, and a lot of consistency and uniformity around digitizing services. Fantastic, and I can completely see that. I think um, in our, uh, even me running around Lambeth and the different boroughs uh, on a Sunday morning and in work, you know, I obviously speak to, you know, the 30-odd boroughs and essential authorities for London, you know, as a streetscape area, and on, on the wall print behind me, we've got some examples of streetscape, but these are becoming smart now. This is not just about pure 5G or, or, or 4G connectivity anymore, or fixed infrastructure. I mean, already there are, you know, air quality sensors, footfall cameras, you referred to the example there. Um, you know, CCTV is, is, is an important part of our society, controversial one, perhaps, at that. Um, so, so with these kind of demands in the here and now from central and local authorities, you know, and businesses also needing to have those uh, too, how do you see local and central authorities kind of working together? Uh, and, and perhaps if I can extend that into public and private sector too, because there's no, surely there's no one person that can make this happen. It, it has to be through collaboration over the four. Yeah, it's a difficult question because uh, I said it earlier, but every place is different. Uh, and the interaction between national government and local government in many places is very different than it is where we are here. Uh, so here we can think about the st structure of local boroughs and the way we, we work with cities around the UK. In other places, you know, it's very much, I think about um, cities in India, and it's very much a top-down. Uh, there's, there's not as much um, power in the hands of, of what would be local authorities in India to implement some of these these changes. But I think we are definitely in an age of cities. And, and that has been said. Cities are at the forefront of this. Uh, cities are feeling the impact uh, and you know, with services and with the burden um, that they're facing. But cities are also um, quite advanced in what they're doing. Cities that have uh, legislative and, and authority to do things far outpace, tend to outpace national government uh, in achieving better policies and standards. So we see examples all over the world of cities achieving and exceeding um, zero carbon or, or carbon reduction, far surpassing what the national government has set. Uh, we see local cities enacting uh, broader uh, and more open data laws, data policies, um, creating regulation zones that allow for testing innovation. So cities can really, uh, I think they're central, and I think they really will drive this. So uh, if we're still talking in the general sense, I think the role of national government is to facilitate that. Uh, cities are under immense burden right now. Um, you know, the reason that it's been hard for cities over the past decade to prioritize digitization or innovation is, is they were faced with tough choices. Do I put that above health services? Do I put that above senior citizen services? No. How do I make these decisions? So it has not been easy. We have to change the way the whole model is looked at around how do cities provide these services. So the role of national government should be 
to facilitate them, to fund it in some instances and to facilitate it. So make it easier for cities to test things, to do things. Um, don't make them choose between uh, you know, one service or another. There should be an underlying um, ethos of connectivity, especially as we've seen uh, when it's most critical, for example, during a global pandemic. So uh, I think that cities are both, um, well, being a city kind of, a, a bit of a city guru expert, not expert on cities, but uh, being a bit of a, a lover of cities around the world, having seen many cities, working with a lot of cities, um, and just seeing the absolute complexity of cities, they are some of the most complex places anywhere. Uh, and to try to move things forward on a connectivity front um, is both uh, impactful, incredibly impactful, um, fascinating, and incredibly difficult. So we can't underestimate how hard this has been for cities to manage uh, during this time.